What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here, Jim to my right, and across from us, Brennan from Vortex Edge. Now, a while back, Jim, a few episodes ago, a few 10-minute talks ago, which right. that's what this is. We got 10 minutes-ish to cover this topic. We did uh, a, a podcast with Brennan called Dry Fire for Expert Level Pistol Performance. Now, we got uh, a fair amount of comments on that, and uh, somewhat uniquely on this one, a lot of tips. A lot of people had their own dry fire tips, so we figured we'd dive back into those comments, re-grab Brennan here, and kind of go into like some of these comments, some of these tips, suggestions, and uh, see what shakes out of it. Yeah, maybe even a critique. Maybe even a critique, yeah. So, uh, Brennan, are, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's so, knock this out. A lot of good stuff here, a lot of fun stuff. Daniel Back... Says He says, another great episode. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate that. He said, one thing I was surprised wasn't mentioned was the use of laser trainers. I have one that I use with my dry fire. It gives me good feedback as to where you impact as well. And he, he kind of goes on, but that's, that's the, the gist of it. So what's going on with laser trainers? Yeah, so really good questions. A lot of people use uh, laser trainers, and there, there's a, a, a good handful of them out there couple couple things that so, so something that a laser trainer does really well right so if we've got a laser trainer take the uh the mantis for mm -hmm. example right it shows you where exactly you're impacting and it shows any disturbance of the sights when you pull the trigger which in order to get a good shot shooters know you have to align your sights on the target pull the trigger without disturbing your sights off of that acceptable target right so the mantis does a really good job of showing you any movement whatsoever what it does though is we don't use that in live fire, right? And so you can you can get it down to the point where you're pressing the trigger without any movement of the sights, right? And the mantis will tell you whether or not you did that well. But when you get out onto the range and you're shooting live fire, the way that you're going to validate uh, where that shot landed and whether or not you had any movement in the sights is based on a process we call shot calling, right? And shot calling is simply knowing where that round impacted on the target based off of where your sights lifted from when the shot was fired. So the problem that I have with some of those laser trainers is that it kind of becomes a crutch to where you're looking for other feedback of where, of, of, to see where you would have impacted versus just seeing uh, my dot or my sights were on this spot and I pulled the trigger and they did not move, mm -hmm. that, should, that should give you all the information you need that that mm -hmm. shot would have been an accurate one. Does that make sense? It's kind of reminiscent to me of in the long range world where you'll see people who are talking about follow through in a long range shot. Mm -hmm. And what people often have the tendency to do is they shoot and as soon as the gun goes off, they lift their head above the scope and they start looking to see if they hit steel downrange, you know, instead of actually following through with the shot and watching an impact on steel or something like that and trying to then spot your shot, call a miss, call a hit, whatever. Mm -hmm. Similar to that, it seems like, because you're looking exactly for... the same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly the same. And, and the thing is, you know, uh, if you're shooting a pistol at, at five yards on a big piece of paper, a piece of cardboard, right? Uh, you can get away with, with firing and then seeing holes appear in paper, mm -hmm. right? Um, however, when you start going at maybe some, some faster speeds, um, shooting things like USPSA or something like that, where you're, where you're firing two shots at a piece of paper and you're immediately exiting that position and leaving, I don't have time to look over my sights or look through my sights to see where the holes landed, right? And then, you know, a, a, another simple way... Of looking at it, if for me, you know, with my eyes, probably about 20 yards and, and, and farther back, I don't even see the holes in paper, right? Mm -hmm. It's my eyes just aren't that 
all that sharp. So I need to know based off of where my dot lifted from or where my, where my front sight lifted from, understanding the relationship between my sights and the target, mm-hmm. understanding, hey, that's where that, the, the recoil came, my dot lifted, I know exactly where that shot impacted, whether it was good or bad, mm-hmm. right? And so shot calling is a, is a skill that is, is really crucial, I think, I think, for any discipline of shooting particularly for pistol i think because it's pretty difficult you you don't have you don't have the stability of a rifle you don't have usually as good of glass or anything like that so you're dealing with a little bit of a um it's just a little it can be a little bit more difficult so i really like to to just kind of ingrain in my dry fire practice uh yep i saw the dot i pulled the trigger the dot didn't move so i know that would have been a good shot Yep. Right, and if I do see any dot movement, maybe I need to make some corrections in my grip or my trigger press or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're both ways about going about this. Yeah, as they say, Jim, uh, <laughs> you're doing the same thing, but one, you're actually using the sight picture that you'll be using. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. And 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 just understanding to understanding how to read the feedback that your sights are giving you mm-hmm. versus relying on something else to give you the same feedback. Now. The only place where I would say something like, um, you know, the Mantis, for example, we, we were talking about that, um, would be very useful is maybe for just a very beginner shooter who has not, who is not quite figured out how do I pull the trigger here without moving my gun mm-hmm. at all. And maybe they haven't learned to be honest with their sight pick, with their sights yet. Uh, and maybe they're pulling the trigger and that dot is moving or that front sight is moving and they're kind of cheating themselves and saying, oh yeah, it was a good shot, right? That's where something like the laser systems like the mantis they they don't lie and they will show you exactly any any movement you had um but what i would like shooters to do is kind of get off that crutch and start using their own pistol their own sights and and learning how to just read that relationship of your sights and the target Mm -hmm. and that's just going to come through shooting and and dry fire absolutely i do have a question gosh we're sticking on this one for a long time so i have a lot of the the comments on that one were related to laser trainers. that's true so i haven't used one of those laser trainers before but for you as an instructor so okay i'll back up where that laser paints does that paint exactly where your dot is as well or is it somewhere else you have the ability to zero it to whatever zero your optic is okay Um, so if you have a 10 yard zero i believe you can you can change that Mm. you know that to, to match up what i didn't know is if you could essentially have that on the pistol have maybe like a student shoot or even if even if people were doing this you know privately and like your buddy could video like you're not you're focusing on your sight picture as you're suggesting Brennan, sure. yep but your buddy can video and be like okay what that sight picture look like and you'd be like well i thought it looked hmm. however and then he can be like okay well i was videoing you and the dot and here's what the dot showed like he's not that person's not focusing on the laser they're they're focusing on their sights but like, if you it could sounds, almost like do both. It sounds like what you're getting at is what we do sometimes in the night vision course where people are using lasers to aim. And then an instructor who's watching from the outside now, instead of having to watch all these little finite things at the person at the gun, all they have to do is almost look down range. And if the person's pulling the trigger and every time they pull the trigger, the laser gets jerked down <laughs> into the left. Right. And the person's going, I don't know what's going on. My gun's not zeroed or something's wrong. It's like, no, no, I've actually seen you every time, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Very. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what we do in pistol classes, too. If you see any of us instructors on the line, you know, coaching a shooter, we're, we're almost never looking at the target, right? Because the 
the holes in paper will be there. We're watching your process and we're watching your hands and the gun. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'm watching the muzzle of that gun and seeing is there any movement when he pulls the trigger. And then and maybe I do see some movement. I say, hey, man, did you see any movement? And he said, yeah, it was, it's kind of drifting over to the left. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's you know, let's explore some options to fix that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Awesome. All Rapid right. fire. We're, we're ten. Yeah. We're. Uh, yeah. This is. Well, this you is know, sometimes right you now. start out and then you progress, Jim. Um, <laughs> like I said, some of these. Other some of these. Some of these are redundant. So if we're not yeah. going over yours, it's because we had uh, some similar ones here. Fubar SV10. Like that guy says, gas operated airsoft pistols are really nice for dry fire practice. What are your thoughts on that, Brennan? Yeah, yeah. So the thing that like a a gas-operated blowback pistol is going to give me, right? It's going to give me some uh, reciprocation of the slide, right? So when when I pull the trigger, this the 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 gun will cycle, right? What's really nice about uh, about a gun that is going to cycle and dry fire, right? Even if it's not absolutely the correct or the same recoil impulse, is that I can practice some things that require me to do something while the gun is recoiling, right? So something that that might look like is uh, like target transitions, right? If I'm going from one target to two target to three target, right? I actually want to be transitioning, moving the gun while the gun's still in recoil, right? I don't want to, uh, and you know, that gets into some some stuff that we talk about in our pistol pipeline, but that's something I want to do as the gun is recoiling. I'm going to use that time, maximize it to bring the gun to the next target so that as soon as the gun returns to zero, I'm ready to go. Um, so that's like a super valuable thing. Uh, to practice with a gun that recoils. The danger, and, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about this, right? The danger with those guns is if you get really in tune with that gun and the way it recoils, um, no matter how good that recoil impulse is, it's not going to be exactly the same as your uh, real firearm. And so if you get really in tune with that uh, airsoft gun or blowback gun, you start you, you might start running into some timing issues when you hit the range. Mm-hmm. Right? Gotcha. Because that everything is just a little bit off, right? So there are some there, there are some good things to practice. You can practice resetting the trigger under recoil. You can practice those transitions under recoil. But I wouldn't rely on it as a way to, like, practice managing recoil. Mm-hmm. I've not seen that translate super well. Yeah, just like uh, dry fire is an excellent thing to practice. It's not necessarily a substitute for live fire. Absolutely, mm. right? Hugh Tanner... Says there's a specific uh, to Glock. There's a may a dry fire mag. Yeah. Yep. So the dry fire mag is actually pretty cool. So um, if any of you guys are familiar with Glocks, right? And this is not a Glock. This is an M and P. But with a Glock, once I pull the trigger, if it's empty, pull the trigger, the trigger remains kind of pinned to the rear, right? And I have to cycle the slide in order to get that trigger to reset. Mm-hmm. All right. And so once I pull that trigger initially, it's kind of stuck to the rear, and then I can't manipulate any trigger, right? Mm-hmm. Other guns, uh, like um, like like the Smith and Wessons, right? Even after I pull that trigger, I can still articulate the trigger. What the Glock, what the uh, dry fire mag does for a Glock is it allows you to kind of reset that trigger, and so each time you pull the trigger on a dry gun with that mag inserted, you get like a little click, and and you can manipulate the trigger. That's pretty cool. Again, it's not exactly the same trigger pull though, right? So okay. so you just have to be aware of that. If you're using that for very specific, like maybe accuracy focused things, you're not necessarily using the the, the same trigger pull as you would uh, as you would get with that initial. Uh, trigger pull. So that that's something that uh, can be useful, right? It can be useful to kind of be able to just kind of manipulate that trigger. Mm-hmm. 
but the other thing is, uh, without even getting into that, right, if you have a Glock and you're able to just hold the slide out of battery slightly, mm -hmm. um, what I like to do is, is fold up a little piece of cardboard or a piece of paper or even like a zip tie, mm -hmm. and I just stick it into the chamber here and just hold the gun or the slide slightly out of battery. If you do that with a Glock, that trigger will go ahead and, and, and reset itself okay. and articulate. And so then... You won't get a click, but you'll get the articulation of the trigger moving to the rear. Correct. You won't get any click, but you'll get it. a you'll get a an articulating trigger and then if that's what you wanted to do to you know simulate dry firing a build drill or dry firing target transitions i find that works pretty well well because i remember you said something interesting in the last podcast which was you know you should be able to if your grip is is established really well and mm -hmm. you're doing the right things with your grip then you should be able to you know as you articulate a trigger or maybe even almost quote slap the trigger you should be able to do so without seeing a huge disturbance in the sights, if at all. Absolutely. Just because your grip is so well established. So that's something where even if you're not getting that actual click of the striker, you know, firing essentially like you would in dry fire every time you cycle the slide, if you're articulating the trigger like that and you're moving your finger and the sights aren't moving, at least, you know, you're putting influence into the gun without the gun moving. It's 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 kind of feedback that your grip is pretty good. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a really good point, Jim. Yep. All right, next one. Next one here. One, two, three, incorporated. A single O-ring to deaden the blow of the hammer. Is that the same thing that you were talking about with the uh, or and or wedge the slide out of battery? No, that yep. is the same yep. thing. Same so, thing. Yep. Same thing. Yep. Great idea. Oh, hey, hey, Mark, how about you just uh, go with the ones that you starred because those are the ones we're going to talk about. <laughs> RHA 600. I use the TV while watching a show. Every mm -hmm. time they cut to a different view, for example, someone else talking, I push out, acquire the sight, and press the trigger. So I think probably anyone who does any amount of dry fire has done this at some point. I certainly have. I don't see any problem with that as long as you're being very aware that you are dry firing and, and you're being very safety conscious. The only thing I would say is I find purposeful reps, like maybe fewer but more purposeful reps, to be more valuable as far as just a training thing goes. Um, however, it any given weeknight at home, you'll see me uh, just kind of just playing with my guns, right? Just looking down the sights, right? I'm acquiring my, you know, getting a good grip, acquiring my sights. I might get a dry trigger press, just uh, mm -hmm. whatever. That's great as long as you're ingraining good habits. Mm -hmm. um, but I would not let that substitute a dedicated you know, training time where you're going to take 15, 20 minutes and you're going to work on X, Y, and Z. And it's going to be non-interrupted. You're going to work with a shot timer. You're going to write things down. You're going to work with uh, dry fire targets or something like that. I wouldn't let that replace it. But man, I don't see a problem with just kind of, mm -hmm. just kind of pointing at light switches or the TV or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're done that. I do see certainly. the the fact that you kind of don't know what's coming next, you know what I mean? Like you don't have that predetermined aspect to it, like that could be beneficial. Definitely, definitely, yep. Doug Widger, he says, I have a friend who rails against dry fire. He claims <laughs> it wears out the trigger firing pin. Thoughts? Interesting, interesting. Uh, trigger, I I've never seen a trigger get worn out from, from dry fire. Uh, your striker uh, could, potentially. Um, that's going to take tens of thousands of that striker being dropped like that uh, to wear one out. So I actually had a striker break on me. Um, I had about 10,000 rounds on my f my first pistol that I ever had. It was an MP. 10,000 rounds of live fire, and I would probably venture to guess maybe 30 to 40,000 dry fire reps. Like, I was dry firing two hours a day minimum. Dang. Okay, like, this is in the first year, year and a half of shooting. 
that's a lot of dry fire and that's a lot of trigger presses. The other thing is, like, it cost me maybe, like, I don't know, $10 to get another striker assembly and throw it in there. So the training value that I got versus the, the broken striker and just popping a new one in there, two or three minutes to, to do that, and then I was, I was good to go again, that's, that's worth it to me. So it is possible, but we're talking tens of thousands of reps uh, before you would wear one out from, from, from dry fire, in my experience. And you've, you've even mentioned, as we alluded to before, you don't even have to actually pull the trigger to let the striker do its whole thing every single time right. either. That's a, so that's a great point, right? So, and this, this also ties into some of that laser stuff, right? People want to use something other, they want to rely on something other than their vision in dry fire, right? Shooting is a very visual sport. It's, it's whatever I see, right? And so I can get a lot of great reps of acquiring my dot on a target, right? And I don't even have to press the trigger, right? I could even get the trigger prepped to the wall and see it and go, yep, that was right where it needed to be. And that's good. And each presentation here is a good rep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with with target transitions or draws or anything. I don't have to press the trigger each time. I can go target one, target two, target three, and I'm seeing my dot right in the A zone or right in the center of the bullseye, whatever I'm using, and I don't have to press the trigger. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only things that I really press the trigger for now is looking for movement in the sights. Right. So if I'm just kind of testing that grip, I'll point out to a target. I'll press through the trigger. Didn't see the gun move at all. Didn't see my dot move at all. Pull the trigger, no dot movement. Cool. That's a great grip audit. That's that means I'm I'm doing things correctly, but I don't have to do that trigger press for every single time. So I get probably 85% of my dry fire is uh, is no trigger press. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. When practicing recoil, overrated, underrated. Practicing recoil, like, uh, or not practicing recoil, but like. I guess in the grand scheme of practice, like you know, people, oh. people who might be like, eh, you know, I don't like, I don't think dry fire is super beneficial because it doesn't have. Recoil. Are you getting at this one? Here? Well, yeah. Here we go. We got. Well, let's just say that. This, yeah, yeah. This gentleman, a little bit skeptic, you know, and hey, that's good. It's good to question things, right? He said, yeah. "I'd like to see the results of an expert dry fire guy shooting a gun, showing how well dry fire has made him or her." I want to see the proof. Now shoot the real gun. Let's see how you benefited. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, from personal experience, I'm not claiming to be an expert, right? But from personal experience, I have probably 10 times the amount of dry fire hours logged as I do live fire hours, right? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is translated over to my live fire um, shooting abilities, right? Um, but let's take somebody who um, maybe has a really proven track record, somebody like Ben Stager, right? Ben mm-hmm. Stager is a USPSA national and world champion. Huge on dry fire, has written all the books on dry fire, trains dry a ton, right? And he's winning national and mm-hmm. world championships, right? That kind of speaks for itself, right? All the all the best guys, all the top guys are dry firing, right? So, yeah, it's something else we've discussed in the past. Like, people make recoil out to be the end-all, be-all. Like, recoil is all that shooting is, you know? Like, uh, And it's not, because there's so many other things going on with it. Yep. Any athlete, it's like everybody always makes the game out to be, you know, you got you got football, you got basketball going on right now, whatever. They make the game itself out to be everything, but it's like, dudes, if, if those players only ever played in games, all they ever did was that, they would actually not even be nearly as good as they are on the field when you see them on TV. Right, no way. There's no way. Yep. Because there's so many little tiny isolated things that they have to work on to actually be able to amount to what they are on the field when it all comes together. Exactly. 
So it's yep. just, yeah. Well, yep. and we may have covered this before, but like I would have to imagine there's things that you're going to be able to see, ascertain, deduce by not having that recoil in play. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We see we see that a lot of times with, with new shooters in our intro classes, right? Maybe somebody's kind of nervous. Maybe they have a lot of bad habits ingrained, right? And we give them empty guns and we dry fire with them and we start being able to correct some things like the traditional low left jerk, right? They're pushing low left, trying to muscle the gun, trying to control that recoil, right? Uh, we take the ammo away. The gun's not going bang anymore. And now all of a sudden they're just clicking that trigger. There's no disturbance of the sights. I'm like, that was correct. Now let's see if we can and repeat that with a live bullet, right? The recoil mm-hmm. is going to happen. Let it happen, right? It doesn't take much to bring that gun back down to where it needs to be. So let's try to, you know, let's figure this out. And so we right. use a combination of dry fire and live fire. It's super helpful. If you make recoil out to be more than it really is, though, too, then you are going to kind of have that little bit of like that pre-ignition push, that anticipation of the shot. Because you're always thinking, all you can think about is recoil. You just can't even get your mind away from it. It's like recoil is a byproduct. I've I've never seen somebody with at least a halfway decent grip just have the gun like come back and just RKO him in the face. Like I just, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you see those YouTube videos where they give somebody who has no idea what they're doing like a 12 gauge and it shoots out the back of their arm. But like we're talking about pistols, you know, with somebody who's maybe established a decent grip. It's just, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brennan. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Th- thanks to everybody who commented. Thanks for the comments. We always love the comments. Uh, let us see, you know, let us know if you liked this episode. If you have any other questions or comments, let us know that as well. And if you want to become a better pistol shot, sign yourself up for uh, a, a course at Vortex Edge. Would love to see uh, love to see you guys out there. That'd be great. Awesome. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.